Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that today's message will challenge and inspire you to pursue Jesus and to love people to life. We're, we've been on our series called Reflection. This is the last Sunday of Reflection that we're going to be doing. But we're talking about this morning reflecting His love. Reflecting His love. How many of to be able to reflect God's love, you've got to know what His love is? You've got to experience. Have you ever met a mean-spirited Christian? Anybody ever met a mean-spirited Christian? Oh, come on. I mean, they, it's, I mean, I don't know about you. At times, you will encounter them, and I have encountered them. What I've observed about mean-spirited Christians, though, is this, that a lot of times they feel like their job is to tell you how bad you're doing and, how, and putting you under condemnation instead of worrying about themselves. Anybody ever notice that about mean-spirited Christians? They're always pointing their finger at everybody else about what's going on with different things, and you have to be careful. Uh, this, think, uh, think uh, about this. They're, they sometimes think they're more spiritual than you are. How many know they're not? They're not. They're just nasty Christians. <laughs> they're just some nasty Christians. I mean, isn't it true? They, that's, all, that's all they say about it. That's just nasty. You know? Dallas Willard was once asked, why are some Christians so mean? His answer was up to the task. You know what he said? It's coming up on the board. It should be. He said that Christians are mean in proportion to when they value being right over being like Christ. How many know we're supposed to be Christ-like? Amen? But here's the thing, church. It's not simply enough to believe the correct doctrine as God, as God shows the people. We are asked to behave a certain way, particularly when it relates to others. We've been asked to look, uh, walk a different way. Look at Colossians chapter 3. Colossians chapter 3, look at verse we're 13. We'll start with verse 13. It says, make allowance for each other's faults. Does anybody here, anybody here faultless? I didn't think so. But the Word of God says we're to make allowances for other people's faults. And forgive anyone who offends you. Remember the Lord forgave you, so you must forgive others. Then he says in verse 14, Above all, clothe yourself with love, which binds us to get all together in perfect harmony. He says, so we see the Scripture. We can know the right doctrine, but are we loving people? Are we making room for them when they, make, when they have faults? Are we loving them into the kingdom and showing the love of God that God has called us to do? See, there's no room for any believing, Bible-believing Christian to be mean. There's no place in Scripture. You're not, how many, we're not to be mean people. Are you with me this morning? Or maybe, maybe you're just nasty, dirty. Yeah. No. But there's no room here in any, for any believer to be mean to people. There's no room for it. Real believers operate in God's love. They operate in the love of God. Now look what James says. Go over with me James chapter 1. It's, let's be on the board. James chapter 1 verse 27 we want to read. He says, look what James says. He says, pure and genuine religion in the sight of God the Father means caring for orphans and widows in their distress and refusing to let the world corrupt you. That's what God's looking for. How many of we, we are to care for people? It says widows and orphans, and yes, they're especially when they're out. But we're supposed to care for everybody. We should have a love in our heart because our, our hearts are sold out to God, and we, we, we love everyone. We don't want anyone to die and go to hell. Yeah. 
Amen? Now look, what, look how Paul puts it here in Romans 13 real quick. Verse 8. Owe nothing to anyone except for your obligation to love one another. If you love your neighbor, you will fulfill the requirements of the law. Now look what he says here. For the commandments say, you must not commit adultery, you must not murder, you must not steal, you must not covet. These and other such commandments are all summed up in one commandment. Love your neighbor as yourself. And look what he says in verse 10 of that same verse. He didn't change subject. He just said, look, he said, love does, not, does no wrong to others. So love fulfills the requirement of the law. You and I are to reflect God's love. The love of God to this world around us is don't know Christ. The love of God should flow out of your life. And, and, and when you go into an area, a room, I believe you, you can change the atmosphere because of the presence of God. So church, are we reflecting the love of God? See, God, when you think about it, God is the, is the very essence of love. Matter of fact, look what, I mean, look what John writes in 1 John chapter 4, verse 7 and 8. He says, dear friend, let us continue to love one another. For love comes where? From God. Anyone who loves is a child of God and knows God. But anyone who does not love does not know God, for God is love. The very essence of God is love. And church, are we reflecting that to a lost world? You know, the, the world doesn't see the churches sometimes as being a loving church. They, they, in our society we live in. But church, we are to walk in love. We are to, we are to walk in the, his very essence of his love. So thinking about this for a moment. If it, God's love, to understand a little bit, how much does God love you? How much does God love you? Think about this for a moment. How much does God love you? Words can't express it, but I think the scripture tells us a, a great deal of how God loves us. Look with me down at 1 John 4, 9, and then we're going to go, we'll jump over to Romans for a moment. He says, God showed how much he loved us by sending his one and only son into the world so that he might have that we may have eternal life through him. Think about that. This is real love. Not that we love God, but that he loved us and sent his son as a sacrifice to take away our sins. I mean, think about it. How much did God love you? He was willing to sacrifice his only son. And the, the th thing about it is, Paul puts it this way in Romans. He says in Romans chapter 5, verse 6, when we were utterly helpless, utterly helpless, Christ came at just the right time to die for sinners. In other words, you had done nothing for him. You were lost, and he still died for you. What kind of love is that? That's a, that's a, that's a tremendous love. And church, the church is to be the light. We're to reflect the love of God. Not just, not just out into the world, but how many know you should walk in love toward your spouse? You should walk in love toward your kids. You should walk in love toward those you, your, your family that you don't like. I know all of us have part of families we don't like. But we're to walk in love as Christians. Amen? And look at this. He says, verse 8, But God showed his great love for us by sending Christ to die for us while we were still sinners. Think about that. God's love is tremendous. Now, how many of you have ever read the book of Hosea? 
or heard any stories about Hosea was a prophet, right? He was a prophet. And God told him to marry an unfaithful wife. And this unfaithful wife he married, she had three, three children, and after that she took off. She was gone. Matter of fact, she got involved in all kinds of stuff, and she got, she got actually put into to, to almost a slave situation. And here's the thing about it. This, this whole thing about Hosea, it's really to show how much God loved the children of Israel and how much he loved us. Even when Gomer, his wife, now I don't know, that's not, I hope nobody's named Gomer in here, I'm sorry. <laughs> I'll get myself in trouble. But think about this. This was to show God's love for the children of Israel. Even though they were unfaithful, God still loved them. God cared for them. And then this is the crazy thing. In chapter 3 of Hosea, what does, what does God tell, tell Hosea to do? He says, go and buy her back. She was in slavery. She was doing things that we well, have no idea. But she was, a, she was unfaithful woman. She was in slavery now. And God says, you go buy her back. And so what did he pay for to get her back? He gave 15 pieces of silver and uh, five barley, b- bushels of barley. You know, and I said, okay, how much would that be today to, for buying her back? back? For American dollars today, that would be $325 for the silver and $23.75 for the barley for a total of $348.75 he paid back. I mean, that's probably a lot of money back then, but it doesn't sound like a lot today, does it? But think about that. But this was God's way of showing how much he loved Israel. And I want to say he, how much he loves you and I. He loves you more than anything that you could ever think of. He loves you more than anything your wife or your spouse could ever love you. He is your father. He cares for you. He loves you. And church, here's the thing. As we're talking about reflecting Christ's love, we need to let Christ be seen. Amen? Not just with words. He needs to be seen by how we love others. Didn't he say, you know know that they were my disciples by what? The way they love one another? Now look at John. John Go back to 1 John chapter 4, verse 11 through 12. He says, dear friends, since God loves us that much, we surely ought to love each other. Says, for no one has ever seen God, but if we love each other, God lives in us, and his love is brought to what? Full expression in us. How many want to fully express God's love in your life? Now listen, the word, the word full, full, full of, uh, of expression means to make perfect, complete, obtain perfection, which we're still working on that, completely, complete finished, comp- accomplished, make mature, fulfill, or make come, make come true. So we are the ones who are to make this, the love of God evident to the world. And if we're not doing it, who is? If we're not showing the love of God to a lost and dying world, who is? Amen? See, the love that God wants us to reflect is simply, let me just, real, real quick, go to 1 Corinthians 13. How many know, the, you know that scripture verse, right? They use it at weddings a lot of times. I use it at weddings. But I want to tell you, this is, this is not just, this is not a wedding uh, service here. 
This is actually showing the type of love that God has that we should have. And 1 Corinthians 13 really lays out you and I, okay, for how we are to reflect God's love. Look at this. If you could speak with the language of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noisy gong and a cleaning cymbal, just making a bunch of noise. Then he goes on, he says, if I had the gift of prophecy, and I, if I understood all of God's secret plans and possessed all knowledge, but did not, didn't love others, it would be nothing. Now look what he says. If I give everything I have to the poor and even sacrifice my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Man, that's crazy, isn't it? But this is crazy love that God has for us. This is the love that you and I are supposed to be displaying. He says, love is patient and kind. Love is not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. It does not demand its own way. It's not irritable. And it keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever, whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith. It always hopes, is always hopeful, and endures through every circumstances. Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Now listen, now our knowledge is partial and incomplete. And even the gift of prophecy reveals only part of the whole picture. But when, the full when, but when full understanding comes, the partial things will become useless. That's when Jesus comes back. We won't need all these things. Okay? He said they'll become useless. And then he says, when I was a child, I spoke and thought and reasoned as a child. But when I grew up, I put away childish things. In other words, stop being mean. Then now we see things imperfect, in, imperfectly as the, as the cloudy, clouded mirror. But then we will see everything with perfect clarity. All that I know now is partial and incomplete. But then I will know everything completely just as God now knows me completely. Three things will last forever. Faith, hope, and love. And the greatest of these is love. The love of God should be evident in every believer's life. If the love of God is not evident in your life, I want to tell you, you need to, you need to surrender more to the Spirit of God within you. Because when you got born again, the Holy Spirit came and lived in you. And there, you, need to, you need to get deeper into the Holy Spirit. Because, listen, love is the evidence that the Spirit of God dwells in us. Because we didn't know how to love before that, did we? Now, look what he says. And I'm getting ready to bring this to a close. We're about, well, I'm doing okay. I didn't, okay. We're good. We're gonna take some break. No, just kidding. Okay. <laughs> Love is the evidence that the Holy Spirit is in you. Look at Galatians chapter 5. We're going to start reading verse 19, but it tells you what's contrary to the Spirit, okay? If any of those, if you fit in any of these categories, there's an altar here in just a few moments. Okay, listen. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear. Sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, 
hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissension, division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Let me tell you again, I have, as I have before, that anyone who's living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But, verse 22, but the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our life. Who produces it? Okay, look what it says. This is what the kind of fruit. Love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. These, there is no law against these things. So the Holy Spirit, if you want to get, you, you, if you're falling short on reflecting Christ, get deeper into the Spirit of God. Let the Holy Spirit just begin to take over in your life. Surrender to God. And he says he will produce this in you. You don't have to, you don't have to say, God, I just need more self-control. No, get, with it, get into the Spirit of God and allow God to deal with your heart. Allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I'm going to ask the worship team to come. See, let me just finish up here with just a couple of questions for you this morning. Is your life reflecting Christ's love? Or are you just a noisy gong and a clinging cymbal? Is your life reflecting Christ's love? Or do people just hear you as a bunch of noise? Because when you're not operating love, anything you say is just noise at that point in time. Let me ask you this next question. When you're at home with your family, are you reflecting Christ's love or just making noise? When you're at home with your family, you're all alone, and just your family there, can your kids see the love of God in you? Can they see you operating in love, in the love of God? When you're at work or at school, are you reflecting Christ's love to your coworkers, the students that you go to school with? Are they able to see Christ's love demonstrated in your life? Church, we have been called to walk and live in the love of God. And you know, that's, as a church, our, our whole thing is loving people to life. And we want to love them to life in Christ. But sometimes the love of God is not being displayed very good to the lost world. And I want you to just ask your own self, am I reflecting the love of God as good as I can? Is there areas in my life I still need to say, God, I, I, I need you to clean that? You know, in the temple, in the temple, there was a, th- a, a, a basin, it was called a laver. If you look at it, and the laver was, it had water in it, but it had a shiny bottom to the point where the priests could come up after they're doing their sacrifices to be able to look into the labor and see if what they may have blood on them and stuff. And that's where they would wash and clean. How many of the Word of God is the labor for us today? We look into the Word and the Word begins to come alive and begins to cleanse us and wash over us. You want to operate in the love of God more and more, you need to get into the Word more. You need to allow the Holy Spirit to speak more things in your heart. And you need to get some of that meanness out of you. And allow the Spirit of God to have His way in you. Amen. Would you stand with me all across this room? How many would say, Pastor, I realize in my own life, I'm not displaying the love of God the way I should. 
I'm, I, I know I got, there's some things, I'm, I've been hateful, I've been mean, I've been just, and I don't want to be like that. I want to just pray for you that you just give, give yourself more over to the Spirit of God and get more back into the Word, and it'll soften your heart. It'll, it'll cause things just to look differently. But if that's you, no one looking around, just, you say, Pastor, that's me. I know I'm not operating the love the way I should. Would you pray for me? Okay. See several hands. Anyone else? Say, that's me. Yes. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, God, I pray, God, that we would just get saturated in your word, oh God, and saturated in the spirit of God. Allow you to fill us and overflow in our lives and baptize us in the spirit. God, that we, our lives and attitudes could change. Lord, we could become people that would, instead of walking and being mean and judgmental, we could walk in love, God, and we could show the love of Christ. And God, that we wouldn't even have to say anything about that, but people would be able to say, there's something different. Just like we heard the story this morning, this young lady was looking for fellowship. And Father, you drew her into the kingdom because she saw love in action, oh God. Father, I pray, God, that we would just be a people, Lord, that wherever we go, we would just uh, exude the love of God. And people would be able to see that there's a, a, a big difference in us in the way we care and love and, and minister to them than what the world has been trying to offer. So, Father, I pray, help us, Lord, to break this. If we've been mean, help us to break it, God, today. God, there's no room for that in the kingdom of God. But, Lord, let us be people who go after you with our whole hearts. Father, I ask it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Tower Hill Church Podcast. Our prayer is that this message encouraged and inspired you in your journey with Christ. For more information, you can visit our website at th.church or follow us on Facebook and Instagram at TowerHillNH. To give online, you can go to th.church/giving. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you next time.